Bros are pretty amazing. They're innovators. Patriots. They consume two-thirds of our nation's light beer and 100% of our Axe body spray. But our bros are in serious danger. Every day, millions of bros drink protein shakes in order to get jacked, yoked, and totally swole. But most bros are unaware of the scary chemicals and artificial ingredients inside these shakes. If bros keep pounding this stuff at this rate, we could face a total bro colony collapse. Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at causeupdate.com and selfishgiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And of course, I'm online with the queen of cause, Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hey Joe. I'm sorry. I just have to say I'm sorry. Tough weekend. It was a tough weekend for the Patriots. But I have to say, seeing Tom Brady on his bottom for half the game was so rewarding for somebody like me who was cheering for the Broncos. Sorry. You are very kind, though, because I kind of <laughs> gave you a little bit of a shellacking last week. I know. Seahawks. Well, now that my Seahawks are out, it doesn't matter. So I know. I know. And I just want to mention, too, that we have another loser on the line. <laughs> From the horrible. home of the Green Bay Packers, we have Clovis Seaman. He is the video marketing manager at Organic Valley. And we're here to talk to him about the Save the Bros campaign. Clovis, that's what we need to do. We need to save our teams, the bros. <laughs> yeah, it might be a little hard at this point. I think I think we're gonna have to let it breathe for a year. Um, <laughs> I know. We'll yeah. be back. It'll be the Patriots versus the Packers versus the Seahawks in All some right. sort of triangular like game. We're there. I like that. I'd like to see that game. I, I, like, I know, I know, I know. Well, what do we got to do, right? So, But it sounds like even though we're all losers this year when it comes to the NFL, you folks had an incredible uh, video campaign with this Save the Bros campaign. I read somewhere, Clovis, that you it was like 2.4 million views on YouTube or something like that. Uh, it's it's, a, it's two and a half for somewhere around there on YouTube. It was... Five million views total. The way we count views, because Facebook's a little tricky, they mm-hmm. count them at three seconds. We decided that we weren't going to count anything below thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. So, so um, because you know, in order to make a apples to apples with what you get from YouTube analytics, so we, it's been around. It's probably pushing near six million views, including. 30-second on Facebook and YouTube views. Wow. Well, let's take a step back and explain, first of all, what Organic Valley even is, and then talk a little bit about what this campaign was all about. So we'll let you do that, and then Joe and I will jump in here. Well, Organic Valley is um, is an is a cooperative of 1,800-plus farms, and it's always growing. We're always taking on more family farms that sells dairy products to America, organic dairy products. They sell a few other things like vegetables and whatnot, but it basically they, it's a, it's a marketing machine between the mm. farmer and the consumer that can help those farmers bring their products to market in a form that people are after and want. 
And the mm-hmm. mission of Organic Valley is to uh, create sustainable, a sustainable living for family farmers in America. And the means in which they've determined that they will do that is through organic farming because mm-hmm. there's premiums and whatnot. And mm-hmm. it's become a very good relationship because, of course, that means that the whole secret to us being able to charge a premium that people will pay for is we have to make exactly what consumers want, mm-hmm. follow exactly the safety that they want. And since we're owned by farmers, we happen to be the people that can adapt and do that. Now, so what did I hear, Clovis, that you folks are like the first billion-dollar organic company? Is that what they said? We just passed a billion, and I think that that would be true with the caveat of independent or not owned by, you know, one of the giants. Right, um, so right. The, you know, of course, lots of companies, organic companies, got, you know, went, went to our larger ownership by, you know, a large giant companies. And so, of course, they're worth, you know, whatever Coca-Cola was worth or whatever Hormel was worth. Or, you know. So a lot of money in milk and cheese, huh? Yeah, there's a lot of money in milk and cheese, and we have a lot of – all of our competitors are giant. We're we're still we, – we're big in the organic industry, but when you look at who – you know, when it comes to pocketbooks, we're small. So, and that affected this campaign a lot. And we so the campaign, the campaign isn't about milk per se. It's about organic fuel, which I'm assuming is like a protein shake type yep, product. Yep, organic fuel is a protein shake. It's you know, like meant for, you know, right after you get done working out when you need a high source of protein. Um, and it's meant, you know, distinctly for athletes. It's not really a meal replacement or anything like that. And so, and that is a category in which there was no uh, large or no national, you know, competitor of a milk protein shake. And so it was not um, our typical category. We had to go in there and explain why people should even consider organics. Mm. And so instead of, even though you're a very, we just talked about this, you're a very sustainable company. You're all about, you know, giving back to the independent farmers and making their products successful and scale. You guys took a little bit of a different approach with this campaign. Instead of being like, have this protein shake because it's organic and good for you (laughs) with pictures of cows and farmers. I'm sure you considered that. I would love to hear kind of the conversation about uh, what the options were and then what you ended up going with in this Save the Bros campaign. Well, first, if people haven't seen the Save the Bros campaign. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's funny. And it's kind of like a, a kind of a almost like Saturday Night Live or a spoof um, off of uh, PSAs, which are, you know, public service announcements that we need to save the bros, just like save the whales or save anything else. Um, and so that's the context of what the campaign is. Um, and bros, of course, are in dire need of better protein. They're, they're <laughs> consuming these, you know, like uh, less than perfect protein drinks with like 40 plus ingredients on the back. And so we have this solution and the videos, you know, built around the idea that bros are an important part of society, of course, and they contribute <laughs> loads to all the good, you know, that there is in the world. And we're just trying to help save them um, with this 26 grams of organic protein. So that's the context of the video. And it seems when you see the video, like this is such an obvious thing to do. It wasn't, you know, it took us, 29 rounds of creative briefs and uh, with two different agencies. We had to ditch one agency halfway through and switch to a different one. And 
it was a long months and months and months of planning and digging to get to this idea uh, that happened in the background. So what was the original question? Well, I was just saying, like, what what other options were you considering for this? I mean, because you have this product, it fits a specific niche, but I could see how sort of traditional cause marketing, like what Joe and I typically talk about on this on this show, would be an option. You know, like, oh, well, we should talk about how you know this is all about the farmers and the cows and being healthier and and natural ingredients. Um, But I could also see how that was a disconnect. Like, well, our real our bros, like our guys in the weight room, really going to resonate with a campaign like that. So, can you talk us talk us through kind of the evolution of what you did consider and what went out the window pretty quickly and kind of how this even came about, whose idea it was, not whose idea it was, but how, how it. Yeah. I, I would say that we, we did not spend too much time on traditional organic marketing like that whole, you know, the earth is good and, you know, it produces this super nutrient grass, which makes nutrient milk and that mm-hmm. milk is great for you. And then, you know, et cetera. We, uh, we, we knew because it was a new product in a new avenue um, where there was not, uh, there was not like if when we go to sell organic milk, there's a whole consumer base that's looking for organic milk. Right. You know, they are going to the store. They mean to buy organic milk today. Right. You know, it's a completely different way of speaking. We speak to them about who we are and where our farms are, and mm-hmm. and you know, and what we stand for. We don't tell them why they should even consider an organic milk. They went right. with that in the front of their mind. This campaign, we went into knowing that we needed to solve the why. We needed people to know why they they should even consider jumping ship within their category um, of what they've been buying. And so we spent a lot of time looking at real shock and awe and, and like awareness sort of ta- tactics. So in other words, we didn't really look at the traditional uh, soft serve the whole time we were looking at more shocking ideas you might mm-hmm. say right um right. and they varied from horrible to bad um <laughs> they uh, there was we went down we went one thing i like to say is we went and found the edge you know we've we explored some ideas that you would hope that any company would never put out but you have to kind of go run around the edge and check yeah. it out to figure out where you should land sometimes so yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I guess what, what I kind of wonder with this too, Clovis, though, is and I think the people listening on the line, whether they're businesses or agencies or nonprofits listening in a campaign like this. And, you know, what I love about this is it's such a brilliant campaign. But what you're saying is like, look, it just didn't happen by itself. And it, as a matter of fact, it took a long time. You know, what type of mindset does an organization, a business have to have to make it through all those rounds to end up with a successful thing? And not just dump it halfway through and say, you know what, there's got to be something easier than this. Well, we were we're all chips into these protein drinks. First off, you know, like we really believe that you know they're a big product for us and that we need to make them work. And we have, and they're doing great. They're doing phenomenal mm-hmm. for us. But when we came into it, you know, there was there weren't there was no limit to how many rounds of creativity we needed to go through. We needed to get it right. We needed to hit the market, make a splash. So we had done the math and done the research on, you know, it was the right time, the right place, you know? Mm -hmm. So the the campaign was successful because it was funny, but it was also successful because it was on point and on trend, you know, with the product itself, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah, we never, we were on, 
and I, w- I would say our, my the chief of marketing was really passionate. He knew that this was a good product, and he really drove that. You know, that we need to keep digging and find this right. You know. Well, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know. So, talk a little bit about the distribution channels. Was this just on YouTube, or how did you really push this out to get it widely circulated and and going viral, if you will? Yeah. Well, we started with um. You you know we we got we got the video done, and then we made a partnership with Upworthy to push it mm. with Mind Body Green for paid placement, and yep. then um and then we did uh YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, those are the three social platforms, and then we had a PR team that was working so that we could all hit together, you know, which is pretty standard, you know divide you know you have pr you have some paid placement you have your social uh, channels um but facebook took off and Mm -hmm. facebook you know as it as it pr and facebook made the campaign viral you know and that's not a guarantee of which channel is going to take off but facebook just took off like wildfire and so did pr we got a few big articles the first week from ad week mashables and we saw a ginormous tale of Me Too articles, everyone jumping on board to write an article, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, while our PR got some big ones, it was really the tale that gets you the viral effect, um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Facebook, and we got to the point where every view we bought, we were getting 16 free views. Wow. So that's good. That's unheard of yeah. in our world. We, right. I think, you know, on a typical campaign, if you go in and buy eight views and get one free view, you would consider that a success. And we had flipped the double of that around. You know what I mean? Um, That's fantastic. And you also had paraphernalia, t-shirts, duffel bags, tank tops, trucker hats. How did those do? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get, get you one, Joe. I'm going to get you a trucker hat. Yeah. <laughs> I got my I got my friends Save the Bros uh, hoodies for Christmas. They're <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the, it's kind of a, a, a ongoing thing now in my life. Clovis, um, I'm you know, known, I'm, not, I'm not a bro. I was by just going to ask I'm, you that. We didn't ask you if you were a bro. I was raised by hippies on a commune, so I'm <laughs> I uh, I'm not quite as hippie as those that came before me, but uh, I'm definitely probably not a bro. I'm more like a what you call like. The Patagonia male, or like the, uh, you know, like if if that clarifies it. Um, Absolutely, that's awesome. So you'll get a you'll get a you'll get a laugh out of this. I asked someone I know if they had heard the Save the Bros campaign, and they looked at me and they said, "Isn't that campaign for testicular cancer?" (laughs) You're talking to the wrong people, Joe. You don't know any bros. The, the term had been used about five years ago for some sort of medical campaign. We know yeah. it's actually in searching, so they might have been right. Um, yeah. But uh, originally, but we it wasn't trademarked, and we didn't trademark it either. We wa- really wanted to let it be a, a social thing, you know, where like if people want to go off and do their own thing with it, that's fine. Make their own T-shirts or whatever, you know. We we felt like it was just the beginning of a movement, you know, and. And the less commercialized it was, the trademarks and stuff, the more it would feel real, you know. The other thing that you guys did as sort of a follow-up, it looks like, or sounds like, was the Save the Bro, what was that, a hotline? Yeah. Brononymous hotline. Brononymous hotline. I knew I wasn't saying it right. So talk about what that was and why it came about and if that worked for you. Draft is 
the tremendous success of Save the Rose One, which, you know, you have to stop and say, like, do we dare do it again? Will we tarnish, mm-hmm. you know, what we've done? Or, and you also have to stop and say, can we afford not to do it again? Because now there's this giant, um, you know, pool of awareness, right? So that was very hard for us. Um, decision there um, but we we really looked at the comments of save the bros one and we saw thousands and thousands of people down in the comments section of save the bros the first the original um they would out people they know on facebook by typing in like six different bros they know mm-hmm. into the comments just typing people's names just forcing the video onto everyone's oh. uh, onto everyone's timeline and it, it was really a phenomenon that we saw happening again and again and again. And so we decided, you know, people want to out bros. They want to be, they want to be a part of this action, you know, this, this call, this action to do that. That's fun. And so we went back and talked about that. And we came up, uh, the agency, which we worked with on both the first one, the second one is called Humanot and they're out of Tennessee. And, you know, uh, we obviously really enjoy working with them. Um, and uh, they they were able to they came up with this idea of, uh, around using making this machine that would out bros and they actually got a hold of Twitter because in essence they're we're we're spamming people on Twitter only we're getting individuals to voluntarily go spam their friends right so I mean they don't like when I call it spamming my bosses I'm like <laughs> I mean. In reality, you know, we are, we are, we are asking people to go out people they know with an ad of ours. So whatever you want to call that. Um, and Twitter had never had anything like that. And so we actually had to get a hold of them because it was totally new use of Twitter. Um, and they, once we defined clearly to them that it would be individuals going to out other individuals, not a comp, not us, right. then, you know, then they they went along with it, which was great. It saved the whole idea, and so, that video did excellent. Well, so um, it did not have that ginormous viral um, virality of the first one, so it was much more. And we kind of expected that. We set ourselves up to be make it much more paid, you know, to to be spending for views. We went in with that mindset, and it ended up doing very very well. Um, so the Brononymous so hotline right now. Just to clarify, the Brononymous hotline was you could, is it, was it Twitter based? Like you could go to Twitter and type in like at Joe Waters and then he would get this anonymous thing like, yo, bro, you need to watch this video. But he didn't know it was from me. Is that how it worked? Yes. It was okay. Twitter based. You did it on our website, but it would tweet okay. at you on Twitter. Just like so that. it would tweet at and you, but it, I had to enter in Joe's name, but then I would be anonymous. He wouldn't know that I sent I sent it to him. He would not know you sent it whatsoever. And, and it's still thousands of people have done it. I mean, I think, you know, we kind of thought we hoped people would do it, but we it was more like the theme of the videos, not that we actually expected people to go use it a lot. You right. know what I mean? Like, it takes a lot from the go to the website. So when you're, when you're saying out people as a bro, is it, is it that you're outing them as a bro or is it that you're like, dude, I know you drink this horrible protein stuff and I actually think you should look at this or both. Well, that's what we're hoping is that they're going to be, that's the intent. But obviously a lot of people just use it because the jokes and the videos are funny and they have all these customized videos on there that you can send like about you know, your, your tribal tattoos or your overuse of hair gel or, you know, these things. And so 
obviously the humor works too, where some people are using this machine and engaging with our content that don't, may never buy organic products. Um, but I want to back up and just talk about audience, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, go ahead. We, we went into the Save the Bros one. It's a very big mis, misnomer that we mean to say that we mean to, that bros are our audience. Bros are not our audience. Our core audience is the, you know, triathlon runners, bikers, you know, all these serious athletes that are out and they're, they're not, you know, like, you know, what you call a bro typically. Um, and they're both male and female, 50 percent, and they're, and they span, you know, like, you know, 18 to 50s, you know, and so the bro joke is that we knew that our audience, the serious athletes, in order to be a serious athlete, are normally going to gyms and they're normally training in environments where they have to rub shoulders with bros. Mm. And so the campaign is about, you know, we went in making fun of bros knowing that our audience is aware of this culture, not right. actually with bros in mind. Bros, if you look at them statistically, are very budget oriented and mm. concerned. And mm-hmm. They they probably on our core audience, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, so that is one misconception is that we actually mean to sell our product straight to pros. But since the campaign, we've had a humongous jump in young males buying our products. So wow. It might be a testament. We're not sure how to change your entire audience. Uh, <laughs> we're not. Yeah. We don't know what to make of it. The product hadn't been on shelves long enough to know if if who we thought our audience was was a correct guess going in. You know, you always have to kind of let yep. that settle out. But it's yeah. it's pretty. You you definitely are drawing a pretty straight line between this campaign and a sales lift in this product. Mm-hmm. Correct. Ah uh, yes. The the first week that Save the Bros, the first month, you know, the Save the Bros, the, the initial campaign went up. Um, sales grew by 114%. Wow. And the second uh, month after that, so after the campaign was done, sales continued to grow at 169% um, when compared to the month before the campaign started. So sales took a big jump. And, and that's not all bros. Some of that, we didn't launch the campaign till we were in a good position to fill orders with distribution and sales and those sort of things. So some of it's because bros spread awareness. Some of it's because our sales team was finally cut loose. You know what I mean? Totally. Given the green light. And so, you know, but we do know that, you know, this clear giant leap and there was clearly, you know, you can see from the search traffic and other things, there's a ginormous success. You know, for us, 185,000 people came to the website, um, engaged with the campaign, you know, at that at that second layer. So so tell me something, Clovis, now that those campaigns are over and you folks are have launched or, uh, you know, obviously planning uh, new types of things. How has the bros campaign kind of informed your marketing? Like what lessons did you come away from? Like, you know, for example, did you come away saying, wow. You know, the real driver on digital for us is Facebook, and we really need to focus on that more. Or was it something else? Um, well, we, we came away. We had never tried viral content. We do a lot on Facebook, but we never tried the theory of, uh, in, of making something go viral. I know by theory, everyone says, every, you know, oh, let's make this video go viral. But that's right. really a process that needs to start from the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. like way when you're 
when you're brainstorming, you're, when you're framing up your project, and we had yep. never given it that fair shake, shake of the stick where you follow it all the way through. And that was the first time we had done that. And so obviously we, it went really well, it, it, you know, and we don't expect it. Did, we didn't expect it to go that well again on the second time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when, when we, and it did pretty darn good on the second runaround um, with Brononymous. But uh, so the main thing we learned, I think for other marketers, well, if you're in the food industry or organic industry, or even a cause industry where you take the things you do very seriously, Mm-hmm. Like we do, we take our, our protection of these farmers and our products, the health of our products, really seriously, like ultra seriously. And so does the rest of the organic industry. And so they've always spoken in these serious kind of tones of, mm-hmm. you know, even. And I would just encourage people to look outside of that. That's the first yeah. thing we did is we said, you know, like we can speak in other tones. We can have fun. We can be humorous. You know, it Absolutely. doesn't have to you be. You know, and, and Clovis and Megan, what I often talk about is, you know, you want to zag when others are zigging, right? You know, in the sense like, you know, do something different, do something disruptive compared to what others are doing. Yeah, that's right. I think I think one of the reasons that this worked so well, first of all, it was hilarious. I mean, you guys obviously put a lot of time into it. Second of all, you kind of had this calling out where people are wanting to share it with people because it's funny and you kind of customized it with the Brononymous hotline. But I also think, and Joe, I'd be interested to hear your take on this. I also think that because we are in a world, like you were just talking about, Clovis, that really takes, there's a lot of cause focused campaigns out there, like a lot of this really deep um, cause marketing, which again is what we talk about. And I think it's with that backdrop that made this so successful because everyone's expecting you to do one thing and you do something else. But I think because it has that strong, there's so many of these cause campaigns out there now that when you come out with it, people kind of start to resonate with it. And then they're like, oh my gosh, this is totally not what I expected. It's hilarious. Yeah, I know it's a, some. You know what it reminds me of too, it, because you know I was trying to Ice think of Clovis and Megan. Well, that too. But remember the wine to water thing that yes. was done, and it wasn't quite as successful. It was I mean, definitely it not as successful. It, it, not as successful. But Clovis, what this was is this organization um, out in California came out with a device. They said that they could make wine out of water and uh, they promoted it online and all these publications wrote about it and they came out and they said, you know what? It's really not true. But what is true is you can turn wine into water by buying our product and we will help uh, third world countries purify and have water and stuff like that. And some people were really pissed off and some people thought it was really funny. <laughs> you know, so I mean, there's, you know, it, it requires a little risk. Well, they said, yeah, I mean, it, it was very risky for us. You know, I mean, it, other brands do risky stuff. There's a whole list of, you know, like energy drinks and stuff. Yeah. They'll do really risque content. Um, yeah. We do. We have not historically. Yeah. We're very like you know beautiful pastures and cows and, <laughs> and farmers, which is which is the core of what we are. You know, but in the end, you know, you, you know, we're we are alive and communicating in a time uh, where social is king. And if you're going to communicate in a social environment, you have to be social, mm-hmm. and you have to come, you know prepared to speak in the same tones and, and the same manners as, you know, the content that people are interacting with on the platforms in which you're using and, and, you know, fun and humor and eye candy. And, you know, all, there's all sorts of things that work, but you have to identify them and make sure you're within one of those and not just speaking from your podium. 
Um, yeah. I tell Megan, and, Clovis, I tell Megan every week that I'm the eye candy for this show. <laughs> Which is why we're on radio. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah and not YouTube. Genius. That's awesome. Well, Clovis, this has been so fascinating. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing us, Great. sharing yeah. the story with us about Organic Valley and Organic Fuel. Where can people find out more about this campaign online if they'd like to do that? Um, the more about the campaign, well, it's still running, actually. The Bro Anonymous is active right okay. now on Facebook. And you can go to savethebros.com and you can out someone you know. <laughs> there are still, this machine that will be working for years to come, outing people. Um, so if you know a bro or 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 anyone else with a bad protein habit, I would uh, suggest <laughs> that you go over that way. Um, we do care deeply about them, um, so, and we do want to save them. The, uh, otherwise, of course, you can follow us on Facebook. That's really our main platform of communication with our with audiences and people. Everything everything we do almost goes out through Facebook. It goes out through other platforms too, but that, that one's kind of like the, the everything platform. Um, and then, um, yeah, those are the main areas. Getting, yep, that's it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Clovis. Joe, where can people find you online if they'd like to do so? Uh, people can find me at my blog at selfishgiven.com. They can obviously find me day to day talking to Organic Valley and Megan on Twitter at Joe Waters. And of course, you can find me on Pinterest.com uh, front slash Joe Waters. What about you, uh, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com, as well as SelfishGiving.com, which Joe just mentioned. And of course, you should subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes, which is where you will make sure you never miss a great episode like this one. So on behalf of Clovis and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time. 